You are now listening to the Life in Football podcast. You can contact us on Twitter at Life and Ball and email at lifeinfootball2020 at gmail.com. Welcome to the Life in Football podcast, baby. I'm your host, Mike Fee. And this your co-host, Colin Moore. You know, we love life and enjoying football. Yes, sir. Today, man, we're going to do a pretty much like an ESPN special type uh, conversation today. And we just talking, man, about the different hot topics that's going on right now in the college football world or the college football landscape, as they say. First, we got to get on something that me and my co-host, Simo, we told y'all about and we spoke on earlier in this season. And it happened, which is the topic of Coach Willie Taggart. He got fired from Florida State. Y'all go look in some of our earlier episodes, and y'all will see that. Well, it was a few episodes back, and we talked about Coach Willie Taggart possibly getting fired at that time, and it has happened. And we were talking about it happening during the middle of the season. And my co-host, Simo, he the one actually brought it up. Now, I, I was talking about the defensive coordinator and, uh, you know, probably some other coaches getting fired. And my co-host, Simo, in the middle of me saying it, he said, man, you know what? I hope they don't knock Willie Taggart out. And that's what they done did. They done fired Willie Taggart, man. So before we get into this topic, I'm going to have the uh, athletic director from Florida State play um video audio play with him speaking on the um reasoning behind him firing Willie Taggart. I'll start by saying that uh it, it was a rough weekend as I'm sure you can imagine. I had to fire a friend yesterday uh, and that was very difficult. Um, I talked to the players uh, as you know they were I would say surprised and disappointed, uh, but not inappropriate. Uh, Coach Higgins talked to him. I think they had a good conversation. Um, we are getting, in my view, very good leadership from people like Marvin Wilson and Cam Akers right now. And that's very important to this team. With that, I'll take questions. Uh, David, just to start the, the conversation with Odell uh, and, and setting that up, and I guess what's the, the thought process and, and everything going forward for these next few games? Well, um, we thought Odell, having done it before and with his tenure here, was the appropriate person. Um, he naturally wanted to talk to his wife, uh, and uh, fortunately she agreed. I'm going to stop it right there, man. As y'all see, you know, he's saying he had to fire a friend. And and Coach Odell Hagen, he's the uh, defensive line coach, he, which he has been the defensive line coach since Coach the legendary Coach Bobby Brown was there, man, on staff as the head coach. Uh, Hagen now is – this is second go-round as the uh, interim head coach. But – Coach Willie Tiger, this man saying, oh, he had to fire a friend. Like, you know, when we be realistic about this situation, that that's not your friend, man. You you ready to get rid of him. That's how I feel. 
you know. But uh, before we get into more into it, I'm gonna go ahead and let my co-host Simo speak on it. See, I believe I don't want to say it's unfair because you're getting paid to do a job, so they can fire you at any time. But they fire him with only playing one full season and half of this season. So they didn't even get this man a chance. He was going to make it to a bowl game. Most likely he was going to beat the team that they beat last week, which was Boston College, and they got Alabama State this week. That was going to make them bowl eligible. But now Odell will get it, and it'll look good on Odell's record. Like, hey, he done took him to a bowl game twice. Every time they do it, he, he get to take him to a bowl game. But they showed a highlight of everybody got hired when Coach Willie uh, Tagger got hired. When Willie Tagger got hired, um, Coach Scott Frost got hired, and Coach Chip Kelly got hired. Willie Tagger's record was better than both they records. Both them still employed by Nebraska University for Scott Frost and Chip Kelly with UCLA. They both employed. Why is it that, and then even the coach that just got fired, Chad Morris at Arkansas, he even completed three years, almost three. So no, I think it was three or going on four, something like that. But why would you fire this man a year and a half, not even two full seasons? Even when Charlie Strong got fired at University of Texas, they gave him three years. The standard was always three years. Three years is rough, but at least you had three. But they didn't even get his man three. So he got knocked out of the ballpark. And I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, you, I guess you could backtrack and say, well, he left Oregon in a year. So maybe he was reaping, kept, uh, reaping what he had sold. But who knows? So hopefully going forward, this don't be the new scheme of how it goes for players, well, coaches. It goes for coaches to get fired within a year and some change or fired within the first seven games of their first season because it's not going the way they want. So now we don't know what's going to happen at Florida State. You don't know what's going to happen. You want, you want good for the players, but you don't like the way the administration rolling with how they just fire people at the drop of a dime. So that that really don't make sense to me. That And I, I, I can't agree with that. At the minimum, you give coaches three years. Now, we'll be mad at you letting them go at three years because why not give them four where they get all their players in? They, they clear out all the old players and it's all their players. You give it time to marinate. You get a time to get the offensive coordinator and the, the defensive coordinator and the players you want. But the way they're doing it now, if I'm a coach, and I'm not a coach, but if I'm a coach, I'm not going – I'm going to pick my schools and I'm going to be very selective. I'm going to get me a school where I can grow, I can find me the right offensive coordinator, the right defensive coordinator, to recruit the style of play I want. And I'm going to start building within my system. So if my offensive coordinators dip and defensive coordinators dip, I'll already be replacing them with people already in the system. But to play one season and a half of, next, uh, half of another, 
that's terrible business. So I don't even know who gonna want the Florida State job, but I still know somebody gonna end up getting it and they gonna celebrate them and it's gonna be like, wow, this is the best blessing in America. But man, that, that's bad business. What you tell me what you think, Mike. I always disagree with the timing of firing a coach in the middle of the season. Uh, when they got one game left. That's so stupid to me. That's ignorant, man. What's that going to help your program? Go ahead, let the guy start out and finish how the season starts. That's what the coaches teach. Finish. That's what the strength coach teaches. Strength, I mean finish. Now, you got a lot of parents. You got teachers. You got different people in the community. A lot of people preach, finish what you start. What kind of example are you showing these student athletes by doing that? You're messing up the camaraderie. You're messing up the overall organization of the football program. And most of all, you you showing disrespect to the coach that you hired to do a job that you ain't giving them a chance to do. And you look at this situation, and a lot of people say, oh, well, well you know, he wasn't getting the job done. Oh, well, uh, you know, he, he should have been better at, at, at this point. I don't think he had a fair chance to even get better. He didn't even have time enough to do it. He just really – he that's still fresh and new at Florida State. I mean, he the man ain't been there but a year and a half when you look at it realistically. A year and a half. He wasn't even in, into the uh, full year for the second – for the second year coaching. So my thing is with that timing of firing the coach, I can't stand that. I hate when coaches get fired in the, during the middle of a football season. So with that being said, we're going to listen to the athletic director while he's trying to answer a question on why did he, you know, why, why did he choose to fire Willie Taggart during the time that he did. The question David was asked about uh, why, why now? And uh, what are I, I'd like to ask a question about that with the uh, were there factors that are new in college football, such as the uh, early signing date and or the portal? Does that enter into accelerating timelines in college football for these types of decisions? Well, I think there's been a lot of discussion that, uh, about that in the literature lately. I think it does. I think we want to be able to have somebody ready to recruit. Um, there are going to be a lot of schools out there looking for coaches. There are every year once the season ends. And uh, our feeling was that we could get positioned and be ready to hit the ground running. It would be a significant advantage. Now, y'all see what he said? It was short and it was sweet, but ugly. He talking about, you know, recruiting and other schools getting the opportunity to uh, go out and, you know, recruit coaches and pretty much recruiting players. And they want to be the first to get a jump on that situation. And, man, I, hey, I, I don't like it. I just don't like that. I think you can tell the media, hey, we won't be bringing Willie Tagger back next year but we will let him finish this season as the head coach at Florida State. Um, in the meantime, a coaching search will be um, be conducted while, you know, the season's still going. And uh, 
you know, we wish him the best. Um, we're gonna let him finish the season as the head coach. Cause you look around and at the other situation, and when vice versa, when um Coach Jimbo Fisher was about to leave Florida State, they were about to have a heart attack. He ain't telling us nothing. This and that. We need to know. They need to know now. Wow. Like, why is he being so, you know, silent and giving us silent treatment? But it's pretty much the same thing. Now, just like CMO said, yeah, maybe it's a little payback for Willie Taggart for his karma why, because he left Oregon how he did within one year, which I I do think he shouldn't have left um Oregon like that with just that one year. But this was his dream job, like he said. So most of us know, and most of us would have did pretty much the same thing uh, as Coach Tagger did when you get an opportunity to go pursue your dream job. But, man, I hate to see this. I wish they would have gave him more time. I wish they would have gave him a, a better chance than, you know, he had because I don't think a year and a half is enough time to prove that you are – elite coach that, you know, they were thanking you to be, you know, everything did get better for the season from last year for the offense. The defense was even a little better. I mean, it was worse for us when it started out. But I was, th- I was seeing, pro- you know, progress in all aspects of Florida State football. But I really hate to see this. And my thing is, who you going to get next? Who will be the next football coach of Florida State? Will it be the coach or is it a coach that they just have to settle for? Who knows? But we'll see, man. We'll see. Simo, you got anything else on that? I believe I've been hearing that it's uh, Bob Stoops. But if it's not him and that's not true, I believe they're going to really make a run for um the uh, Memphis coach, Mike Norvell. <laughs> hey, and while you playing – they really might do a sneak, sneak go and get the UCF coach. See, nobody ain't thinking about that. But he right here in Florida. They know his offense rolling. They might sneak and try to get him too. So I believe it'll be between – I really believe Mike Novell. I believe that's who they going to get if, if the Bob Stoop stuff is a lie. That's just the only thing I can see unless you try to go plug uh, – that coach from Clemson, the offensive coordinator there. Uh, what's his name? Coach Elliott? Yeah. So, that that's all I got for Coach Willie Tiger, man. I wish him the best. I hope whatever school he go to, man, I hope he take off and ball. I hope he win national championship after national championship after national championship, man. But who knows? We will see as the time rolls. Up next, man, we got a big-time Division One football player by the name of Chase Young. Chase Young played defensive end at Ohio State, man. This kid going to be a future top five NFL draft pick, man. I love watching him. He's a bowler. He come off the end of that line, and he by business. I even like him better than them Bosa boys, Joey Bosa and his brother, man. I like him better than both of them. You know, both of them got that in the NFL now, and both of them played defense in that Florida, I mean, Ohio State. But Chase Young, he didn't got in a situation where 
he didn't he borrowed some money from a family friend and some kind of way the NCAA then gave him a suspension for doing that. But we're gonna let a little bit of uh, Mike Greenberg and ESPN play and they're gonna uh, explain the situation. The NCAA has handed Ohio State's Chase Young a two-game suspension. He'll miss Saturday against Rutgers. He'll be eligible to return against number nine Penn State the week after that. Young already sat out last week against Maryland after admitting he accepted a loan from a family friend last year but repaid it in full. He tweeted, excited to be back on the field next week. Thank you, Buckeye Nation, for all the love and support. I'm blessed to be a part of this team, this university, and this community. Lots of love to my family. God bless and go Bucks. I've said all along. Man, now, with y'all hearing that, you know, it's kind of confusing. And these situations happen a lot in the NCAA. And it's a shame because it's, it's no direct order of how things should go or, you know, the process of these different situations. But, you know, it happens a lot, not just with him. You know, you got a kid that plays at – Memphis right now, he um he a big time basketball player. Um Penny Hardaway paid his I mean gave his family some money when the kid was in high school and Penny Hardaway was coaching the high school team. Penny Hardaway gave the kid and his I mean gave the kid family some money to move some to do some kind of move. I guess they moved to Memphis from Knoxville or something like that. But they moved to Memphis to play basketball with Penny Hardaway. Now Penny Hardaway then got the head coaching job at Memphis, and they about to uh, suspend the kid for the whole year. But you got the same situation with Chase Young, and um, it's not similar because Chase Young they say it's a family friend, even though Penny Hardaway was considered a family friend to the kid, and he was his coach too. But I mean, Coach White was in high school. All this stuff happened with that kid in high school. But now Chase Young, this supposedly happened when he got to Ohio State. So, Seymour, I'm going to go ahead and let you jump on this. Man, this this nonsense. They, they need to get rid of this NCAA stuff. And, and just we just need to hurry up and get these players enough money where if they, they need to be able to have – uh, if they playing in these big these big time schools, playing in these bowl games and stuff, they need to be able to give out ten to twenty tickets, and they need to be able to cover have enough money to to uh, invite their immediate family, mom, dad, brothers and sisters, and yes, a girlfriend. You 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 should be able to invite her. So they need to pay for these things. Period. You got coaches out here making. Nine million dollars, five million, three million, two million, four million. Listen, that that's enough cat. And then they get incentives. Well, if you win a bowl game or get bowl eligible, they'll give you a hundred grand, thirty grand, seventy grand. Man, cover these kids' tickets where these people don't have to do all this silly stuff where you you can't even take you can't take money from nobody, but if the student was a regular student, man, he could have books. He could, uh, or if they just did track and tennis, they could still make money and not lose their eligibility. But, man, this is crazy. This man shouldn't even have to talk about this because he paid back. And, and who in the world found that information? Who digging in so hard on these people that they trying to tax them? That wasn't even like he was cheating or nothing. 
That went like he had stole a hundred thousand dollars worth of laptops or something. This man just wanted to invite his girlfriend and his family gave him the money to do it. So you mean to tell me if if the kid couldn't eat and he had borrowed some money from a family member to eat for that night, he gonna lose his eligibility? Man, this ain't making no sense. They need to find out a real system or pay these kids enough money where if you go to these bowl games, we give you an extra five grand to get your family to the games and uh, loved ones to these games. Because, look, why Why the coach can bring his wife, the coach can bring his kids, the other coaches can bring their wives, and they kids, man, why they can do it, but the players can't. You know the players want to bring their family. You know these people want to fly to see their kids. What what if all these parents start saying, well, if my kid don't play local at the local schools, we not sending them because we ain't going to be able to get out the games. Then what? I guarantee you these coaches will make ways. It'll be so many ways made for these people. And – for you to just tax this man, then come back and say, "No, nah, he good." It don't. Even, you shouldn't even say nothing. Period. Let the man play. Now the crazy thing about it, they done knocked him off his Heisman race. So now he probably could have won, been the second um, player. Well, well, the second person that I know of on the defense side of the ball because um, Charles Woodson won it in '98, I believe won the Heisman. And then that remind me of when Peter Ward didn't win the Heisman because um, he was getting free stuff at one of them stores. So he don't win the Heisman because somebody gave him a discount. That's not his fault. He nah, That's not his fault. So what that got to do with football? You can't take, a, take away the best person playing and say he not the best person because Somebody loaned him some, uh, gave him a discount, and then that's back to Chase. He took a loan to get his girlfriend to the game, so now they say that it hurt his Heisman chances. So now that just counted him out, which don't make sense. The man probably was gonna have like twenty sacks, twenty sacks, man. So what you think about it? That's so that's so ignorant to me, man. A man can't get from a family friend or somebody he know. He can't get money from them. Now I understand if it's a booster member or somebody paying him a hundred thousand trying to get him to the school. This man just wanted girl to come to the game, and he admitted, like, "Hey, this is what went on. You know, I needed to do this, and I did it." Yeah. But the NCAA, you know, they knock a man down for something like that when you got so many other things going on out there. And sports, period, across the landscape of college football, college basketball, you know, that stuff getting swept up under the rug that I think they should be looking at. You know, when you look at the situation that happened in North Carolina with that cheating scandal, um, they, they didn't get punished for that. North Carolina didn't get punished for that. So when you, you look at other situations and it's like, man, what is the NCAA actually doing? So I love how Seymour started off like they almost do need to get away from the NCAA. But, you know, the NCAA does have some good things they do, but it's a lot of things that 
they hinder players and a lot of stuff that cause, you know, heartache for players and hardship for players. Like, you know, they can't have jobs while they're on full scholarship. I think, I mean, they working at Peace Hut trying to make a little extra money unless the school provide that money. Okay. And which the school do need to provide more funds to them. I know they get money just like Seymour said. Yeah, they get they get a little bit of uh, stifling, but they need to get more money into these kids' pockets. Well, when situations like that come, they can invite their girlfriend to the game. And it, and it's a, amazing because this is something I spoke on in the prior podcast. In the prior podcast, I said that by the NCAA <clears throat> when they was ruling for that um players been able to get paid. And I said, man, sometimes the people just might want to take the girlfriend out or, you know, um, get them a Christmas gift or, you know, they might want to fly home sometimes. And this is exactly what's going to happen in this situation with Chase Young. And I hate to see it, just like that kid on Memphis, uh, the Memphis uh, University uh, basketball team. I hate to see them situation, man, because both of these kids top players. That kid on the Memphis basketball team, he's going to be a top um, five, top ten draft pick in the NBA this upcoming year. Just like Chase Young, he's going to be a top five whenever he come out. So I hate to see that. And just like Simo said, he got a great chance, or he, or he had a great chance to win the Heisman Trophy, or at least be up there, or be a Heisman finalist. But Man, the NCAA got so many situations where they hinder players, they hinder programs, you know, because they hit them with these little things that, you know, almost impossible to defeat or um, just jump across. I mean, a family friend loaning the man money so his girlfriend can come down and watch the game. I don't get that. And that's come to another um topic that we're about to talk about, which is, FAMU football team. FAMU currently is 8-1. and They are coached by Coach Willis Simmons. Willis Shotgun Simmons, man. They doing their thing. But they can't go to play in the postseason because the NCAA was on their back about stuff that happened in um, 2013, 2014, and 2012, and 2016 with academic affairs. And players playing any ineligible players and not getting the um proper graduation or uh, however the um stuff supposed to go, but the NCAA then um you know put some shackles on them, put some cuffs on them, and told them tighten up. So, fam, you self-imposed sanctions on themselves, which no team, no none of their uh, athletic teams can go into the postseason this year. Well, isn't it ironic that FAMU football team is has beaten everyone in the MEAC so far, and they're dominating. They're dominating team, man. And I'm talking about Coach Willie Simmons. He one of the top coaches in HBCU football right now, man. And I would have loved to see FAMU go out there and play in the Celebration Bowl against Alcorn State or Grambling, whoever they had to play from the sweat. And I hate to see this, man. And I wish, fam, you could have, you know, had a different outcome of this situation. But, you know, it is what it is, man. We finna play a little clip um, from courtesy of HBCU Game Day when uh, Coach Willie Simmons them beat 
at the time was the number one HBCU football team in North Carolina A&T. With FAMU quarterback Riley Stanley sideline, McCabe threw a back shoulder pass to Williams in the end zone to seal the win. To say it was a wild one in Tallahassee is the understatement of the year. Willie Simmons Rattlers are now 6-1 and and 4-0 and in the MEAC. They head up to Baltimore next week to face the Morgan State Bears. Washington and the Aggies will... Nah. <clears throat> Currently, Coach Willie Simmons and them are still, they're still undefeated in the MEAC. They are 7-0 in the MEAC right now. They play Howard this upcoming Saturday, man. And I got to give my, my hats off to Coach Willie Simmons and his football team because they're doing a great job right now. Simo, you want to go on and jump, jump in on this? Yeah, check this out. If they want to play UCF at the beginning of the season, they might be all the way undefeated right now as we speak. But, man, this man doing an amazing job. Amazing job at fam. Got the whole fam you country feeling real good because they had some, I think a four-year span or a little longer, where it was it was a rough patch. That one the fam that everybody knew. But the way he got to roll them now, the crazy thing about it is I don't know if they'll have him after next season. After next season, say he do come back and go undefeated or play in the um, Celebration Bowl and win it all. I don't know how long he going he gonna to last that fam because he's going to be a hot commodity. They probably talking about him now. It's probably people wanting to figure out how can they get him now. And then, man, his senior quarterback ripping the scene, Ryan Stanley, man, this man ripping the scene for uh, Willie Simmons, Coach Willie Simmons, man. Ryan done broke the touchdown record, I believe the completion record, and the yards record. And then on top of that, his wide receiver is shining, is Xavier Smith. Man, this young man representing, he done, He probably should have been on ESPN game. They find him three or four times, but they gave it to him once. Man, the man, the quarterback to wide receiver handle is amazing. If I'm a recruit, I'm looking at that. I'm saying, hey, I want to be a part of what Coach Willie Simmons got going on. I definitely want to be a part of that. And then on the background of Coach Willie Simmons is, man, Earlier in the year, I believe he was taking guys to the church, getting them baptized and stuff. So, man, you can't help but win when you got a coach want to take you to church, want to get right with God, because that's the most important thing, you getting right with God. But then on top of that, you getting an education, leave with a degree, and play some good ball and win. Man, you can't ask for nothing more than that, man. Coach Willie Simmons, we take our hat off to you, man. You balling, you doing your thing. Man, keep doing it. But look, I really don't believe you're going to be in Tallahassee that long. I I, I think you on the next ship to something else after after next season or before that. But I don't, I, you know, I fam, I don't want to do y'all like that, but I'm just saying y'all better be looking for the next hot coach to get in because I don't know how long he's going to last there. What you think? Man, I want to give a shout out to Coach Willie Simmons, man. He and one of the top he, I mean, he is one of the top head coaches out there right now, man. He one of all the life and football uh, top head coaches for this year, man. 
Coach Willie Simmons, in my mind, in my heart, is right up there with Coach P.J. Flack up in Minnesota, Coach E. Alderon down there at LSU. These guys doing some amazing things, just like the coach over there at Baylor. Man, these coaches, they making changes. They making impact. And Coach Willie Simmons, just like my co-host C. Moe said, man, it's going to be a lot of people reaching out to you. Clemson is your alma mater. I know, I know, fam, you fans hate to hear this, but I believe Dabo going to reach, call him and Dabo close too. I don't know if people know that. Dabo going to reach out, reach out to him and, hey, probably about a year or two, uh, shoot, might be there after this season. I know Dabo going to reach out to him. Hey, man, you want to come on back home? Which he already home because Willie Simmons from around this area. But, I mean, he's going to have a hard decision to make, man, and I hope he make the best decision for him and his family. But he's going to have a lot of more pressure coming on to him. I mean, Southern Michigan already came at him twice trying to get him as their offensive coordinator, and they were willing to pay him what he's getting paid at FAMU right now just to be the offensive coordinator at Southern Miss. So, y'all, hey, I'm telling y'all, man, this guy doing a great job. We give our hats off to Coach Simmons and the FAMU football team. Like I say, they're eight and one right now. They playing Howard this all uh, upcoming Saturday, man. And I'm telling y'all, this football team is some to see. Simo, you got anything else? Hey, you said that boy PJ flat, and you ain't hey, listen. See, think about this. I believe he went five and seven his first year. His second year, I believe he took him to a bowl game. I want to say this is third year, but I could be wrong. I think it's his third year. And these boys, 9 and 0. They gave the man a chance. What if they would have fired him? What if they would have fired him? They wouldn't experience this 9 and 0. And everybody was talking about row the boat this, row the boat that. Man, this man got a system. He, man, he's he's getting these kids mentally, spiritually, physically, socially. Man, Minnesota going to get ball players from out of the state of Georgia, out of Illinois, out of Florida. Man, they they man they they wide receiver that's balling this year, Rashad Bateman. Man, he from Georgia. None of the schools down south knew about Rashad Bateman until close to the end. And then I think University of Georgia offered him, but he stayed true to Coach Flack. Man, and check this out. The Coach Flack team is sophomores. The main ballers are sophomores. The quarterback, a red shirt, um, sophomore. Rashad Bateman, a true sophomore. Um, he got other true sophomore wide receivers. Man, his whole squad, the offensive lineman got a lot of red shirt freshmen and um true sophomores. It's gonna get it's only gonna get better with Coach Flat. Now check this out. I'ma say it now so everybody'll know on November, I think the 14th, 2019. You done heard it first. Well, Coach Flat done already said it, but you done you'll hear here from us at Life and Football. This man finna build them into a powerhouse. If if players want to go to Michigan and they say it's nothing in Ann Arbor and they go because it's, you know, no quotations in the areas, Michigan. So they go. 
Um, players want to go to Ohio State. Quotation in the air, it's Ohio State. But they say it's nothing in Columbus. But Minneapolis, if I'm saying that word right, man, it's everything to do in that city. Man, Mike Fees, the co-host, the host, and said this. I never understood it, but I, I, I get it full throttle now. He said, if you have a NFL team, um, a Major League Baseball team, a Major League Basketball team, they, pro- they probably got a hockey team up there. I don't keep up with hockey, so, but I believe they probably got a hockey team. So they got a hockey team. Man, that's four major sports in one city. You know how much can go on that a player would love to be around, the people that he's going to meet, the jobs, opportunities there. Man, Mike, I get it now. That's a place you want to be. If you're going to go to Michigan, Ann Arbor, and Columbus, and nothing against Ohio State and Michigan, but if it's nothing to do in those cities and you want that, that's good. But if you want something to do and have something to do, have an option, have an option to grow outside of just being a football player, man, what Coach Black building at Minnesota? Something special. I'm talking about it's something special. Listen, I'm going to go on record saying if he don't try to go to the NFL, I believe he's going to stay there and win a national championship. I'm I'm just going to go out there and say it. If he doesn't leave, I believe he'll win a national championship deal. I just believe it. Mike, go on, give me what you think. P.J. Flatt is a coach that's dominating out here right now. He did the same thing at Central Michigan. Hold on, is it Central? No, not Central Michigan. It's all Western Michigan. Yeah. He did the same thing. And that road the boat stuff, it started over there. But, man, y'all going to respect Minnesota. That's a, I'm talking about that's a football program. I'm from the state of Florida. I would love to go play for them right now. And they're in a major city. And that Seymour Wright, I used to, I, I used to, I'm talking about, I, I used to preach this about eight or nine years, no, about 10 years ago. I used to always say, man, if you got a city with a, with the, with the old major sports, all three major sports, that's a big time city. You need to get there because it's job opportunity. Not saying with the football teams or the, the the sports, it's just a lot going on in them cities, them major cities. And you need to be around because there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of jobs, and it's a lot of wealth being, you know, poured out through the city. So I want to say, man, Coach P.J. Flack, he's sitting on the gold mine. I think I heard somebody say this. Coach P.J. Flack sitting on the gold mine in Minnesota. They, they done redid all their facilities. They football stadium fairly new. It's been there about eight years. No, probably about six or eight years, probably. I don't even know if it's been there that long. Nice football stadium. Because they used to play in the uh, Minneapolis, uh, uh, the Minnesota Vikings stadium. But now they got their own stadium. They got everything looking good. I like their color. I love their coach. And they're in a big-time city, man, and in a big-boy conference. So this is a team everybody need to be on the lookout for. So, hey, we want to thank y'all for joining us on this episode, man. I know this was probably real entertaining for y'all. We probably going to hit y'all with a few more of these later on during out the, uh, throughout the year. Um, the year almost over. I want to thank whoever been listening. 
Y'all give us y'all input, man. Hit us up on our email or hit us up on Twitter with topics y'all may want us to talk about or things y'all would like to know more about. Oh, Mike. Tell so them, I'm leaving. Mike, tell them about the website about to come out real soon. No, no, no. You just said it. The website about to come out real soon. And, uh, you know, just y'all, y'all make y'all just stick around. Y'all stick with us because we're going to have more information about things that's coming up in the 2020 year. And be sure to check out that website when it do drop. But I'm going to leave y'all like I always leave y'all. Keep your head up and not down or else you'll fall to the ground. This is the Life and Football Podcast. Catch you next time.